Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Subi and You podcast, episode 70. Thank you all for listening and tuning in. You are all what has gotten us here to episode 70. So thank you all so much for listening and sharing. I really appreciate it. As you can see on this episode, I have Go Treads. I was super excited to get them on. I had been talking to them for a while and finally made it happen. So we had Aaron on, who is the son of the inventor of GoTreads. So we had a great conversation, and we will get into that here in a little bit. But first, we'll take care of a few other things. This episode is brought to you by Melee Design Firm. They are your battery and battery mount specialists. They offer battery mounts for many different Subaru models, so go check them out. And while you're on the website, check out their anti-gravity batteries that they sell to go along with your battery mount. In addition, they sell some engine bay caps and some other products, so just go browse the website and see what they have to offer. So thank you so much, Melee Design Firm, for sponsoring the Subi and You podcast. Hey, you know what time it is. It's time to put in a plug for another sponsor of the Subi and You podcast. That's SubaruGear.com, the official branded merchandise of Subaru of America. If you are looking for something that radiates all things Subaru, you'll love this Champion Eco Subaru Pride hoodie. It's made from recycled material, shows the support for pride, and shares the love. This cozy sweatshirt will soon be your favorite. Also, don't miss out on free shipping plus 15% off of your order by using the promo code SUBI and you, and that's SUBI A N D U at checkout. Thank you so much, SubaruGear.com, for sponsoring the SUBI and you podcast. Do you like to get out and adventure with your Subaru? I know that Rika does, and they are on a pursuit of adventure. Rika is also committed to providing customers with the highest quality specialized wheels and lift kits that will allow you to travel further, experience new adventures, and discover extraordinary destinations. Rika wants to make sure that you are ready for anything wherever adventure takes you. Rika's flow form process creates both lightweight and durable wheels, which are of the highest quality and are built to satisfy the requirements of all of you adventure enthusiasts. Rika lift kits raise your Subaru to protect the vehicle's underbody from damage while off-roading. The lift kits were also designed to increase the vehicle ride height in order to accommodate larger tires while maintaining the factory ride quality and alignment. The quest for adventure begins with you, and Rika is what gets you there. Thank you so much, Rika, for sponsoring the Subi and You podcast. Okay, so we have one shout-out for the podcast. It's Forest Trooper. That's F-O-O-R-E-S-T and then Trooper. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. I appreciate it. I was looking for an Apple podcast review to read off, but nobody's reviewed it in a while. So if you listen via Apple podcast and you haven't done so, please go rate and review. It helps it move up in the rankings and it also helps people find it. Uh, And if you don't use Apple Podcasts, but you happen to have an iPhone and you usually listen through Spotify, you could always go switch over and write a review real quick. I think on Spotify, you can only rate it, like give it like a, you know, a star. I don't know that you can write a review, but um, so do it there too. Anyway, but thank you all so much for checking out the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. One more thing that I have to talk about is I went to Chicago last week, met up with audiophile Jay and 4Chill Chris, 
And they were awesome enough to meet me at my hotel. And then, of course, Jay was awesome enough to let me drive his STI. And that thing was awesome. It was so cool to feel the turbo kick in. There was traffic, so we didn't really get a chance to get too crazy. Plus, it was somebody else's car, so I was trying to take it easy. But there were some gaps in the traffic here and there, and so I let loose a little bit and uh, enjoyed it. So, you know, he allowed me to do that. So thank you so much, Jay, for allowing me to drive your baby. And thank you so much, Chris, for coming and stopping by as well. I really enjoy talking to both of you and getting to meet both of you as well. And I can't wait to see you out at Flatfest in a few months and everybody else that's going to be there at Flatfest as well. I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be that's going to be awesome. And before we get into this episode, I have one more shout out. I have to give a huge shout out to Ryan, a.k.a. Anonymous TWRX, for helping me put on the Ditch Lights this past Sunday. And also thank you so much, Josh Wraithtrek for providing the Rally Tech Ditch Light brackets. So now Pearl looks so different. Adding the Ditch Lights makes a huge difference in the overall look. Uh, it looks more aggressive, and to me it feels like more of an actual build or rig. So I'm excited to try them out. Anyway, we will go ahead and get into this conversation with Aaron and GoTreads and find out what they're all about. It's a really cool story, and I'm so thankful that they came on and shared their journey. So here we go. So who is Paul? So Paul is a good friend of mine. Uh, we've known each other, I don't even know, probably 15 years from another business I was in. Uh, but Paul's been working with the company full-time now for a couple of years. But even before that, he used to, he would go to all the trade shows with us and help us out. So um, kind of my, my right-hand man when it comes to marketing and communications. And um, But yeah, he's, he's a great guy. Okay, cool. Yeah, because he was the one that I have originally was in contact with because we were messaging through Instagram months ago. And um, and then I emailed him about the podcast and then you know he got back with me, uh, I guess, a couple of weeks ago or something. Yeah, he's been uh, he's been hounding me for a while. He's like, you should do some podcasts. I'm like, man. I'm... So this, this is the first podcast I've been on because I've been so hesitant to do it. Yeah, um, but he, he finally ground me down <laughs> enough. <to say. laughs> you know, the purpose of the the podcast was to like let or give people in the community that are just driving Subarus an opportunity to talk about their build and talk about the community and about themselves. And then I thought it would be a good idea for or to have businesses on that provide products to the Subaru community, you know, and of course, GoTreads and other products are used for other builds as well. But um, I've seen a lot of uh, Subarus with GoTreads. There's a guy that uh, he goes by Shadowru. Um, he lives out in Colorado and uh, he, his name's Chris. When I went out to Colorado with my kids last June, he had a set in his, um, like up in his uh, box on his roof. And um, that was the first time I had ever seen in person a set of GoTreads and felt them. And I was like, man, these things are heavy duty. 
Like they're awesome. The way I see it for brands to come on and businesses to come on the podcast is when people hear the story and about the people, then they'll feel more connected to the brand and then probably become more loyal and be like, okay, I've been thinking about getting some. I listen to the podcast. This company's awesome. The people are awesome. Now I really want to go support them. So that was kind of my thinking behind that. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of the, the trend now. At least that's the way I am. Like, it, I, it's less about, you know, you know, before it's just like, well, whatever's cheapest, that's what I want to buy. Uh, but now it's just so much more about, well, what is this brand? Who's behind it? So I think, uh, you know, consumers are a little bit more, it's just we can research more so we do you know 20 years ago it was a lot different you just kind of bought what was on the shelves and hope for the best and now you know yeah and then so much of it is especially like the subaru community there's just so much of that camaraderie and people just saying hey this works for me hey this doesn't work for me uh this is what i use why i like it so i think um it, it's a great time to be you know in in overland and just being able to get all the information you need to get when you're, you know, because a lot of us go in blind. We don't, I didn't know anything about overlanding, you know, seven years ago. I and mean, we always called it car camping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's the other thing too, like with products is people are, people want something that is reliable and they want something that's going to work. And so, you know, a lot of times it cost isn't so much of a factor because they that's what they want they want something that's going to work and and fulfill their needs and so you know it's it's not so much anymore about let me just get the cheapest thing um because the cheapest thing doesn't always work the best sometimes you you know depending on what it is it can work well and especially if there's like an abundance of one particular type of product and somebody makes it cheaper it may work just as well as something that's you know almost twice as much but, you know, for certain things, you want something that's going to do well for you. And like with the recovery, that's really important. You want something that's going to get you out. Yeah. And that you know, that's one thing that's been super important to us since the beginning is like we've, we want to make an affordable product. Our, our intention was never to make the cheapest thing, go, you know, sell $10 million worth of it and then move on to the next thing. Um, like I said, my, my dad was the inventor of this product. And his intention was always to provide a tool that can help people. And, you know, there are, there are cheaper options out there. Uh, we try to price as fairly as possible. We know we're not the cheapest. We know we're not the most expensive, but we try to keep the product in a range where, you know, the most people can afford it. Uh, and then, you know, we also back it with a lifetime warranty because we, we want people to, you know, be able to trust the product that, Hey, I, it's an investment for me we understand that. And, you know, and that's why we do the lifetime warranty. It's like, yeah, we understand that we've got your back. So if anything ever breaks, just let us know and we'll get you replacement parts. And that's, that's the way we've just always operated the business now for the 31 years we've been in business. Yeah. Yeah. So how did it, how did the, uh, I guess the Pinto brand get started as a company to begin with? And is like, is Pinto just kind of like the company and then GoTreads is the brand? How does that work? So Pinto Incorporated is the the business behind GoTreads, but GoTreads is what Pinto Incorporated sells. We don't have like, you know, 10 other brands under their umbrella that we're selling. So GoTreads and Pinto Incorporated are synonymous with each other. So Pinto Incorporated is what my dad founded back in 1991 so that he can get 
you know, investors and get money in so that we can make the initial molds, um, which we did back in the early 90s when it was a much smaller product back then. Uh, but that's that's where Pinto Pinto Incorporated is. But it, like I said, Pinto Incorporated, GoTreads, it's the same thing. Uh, GoTreads is our business and always has been our business. Okay. Well, since we're kind of getting started here, I guess go ahead and introduce yourself so people will know uh, who we're talking to and listening to. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm Aaron Pinto. I'm with GoTreads. I've been with GoTreads ever since I was, I guess, in junior high. It's my, it's my dad's company. I've been helping with the company since we, well, since before we incorporated, but incorporated in 1991. So I've been with GoTreads now 31 years, um, which makes me sound old, but I guess I kind of am at this point. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's it's my dad's invention, my dad's company. It's a it's a family owned, family operated business, and uh, I, technically my my business card says vice president, but you know, depending on the day, I might also be the janitor, I might be you know the fork truck technician. So it's just you know wear many hats. It's a small business, and everyone kind of does what needs to get done. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good, and it's it's f- cool to find true family owned businesses. You know, it's not like it was a family owned business that was founded and now it's like this big corporation. You've got all these people and stuff like it sounds like GoTreads is still really like that true American family owned business where everybody in the family that is part of the business is still very involved in the day to day operations. Yeah, definitely. Like uh, like today, my my dad came into the warehouse and we were building a, a a big shipment to go treads to send out. So, I mean, it's, he's still very active in the company. We've tr- been trying to get him to retire now for years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And then like my mom, she's been the, the company accountant for since the beginning. So she, I mean, she still does that too. Again, we're trying to get him to retire and let, let the next generation take over. And then, you know, even, even my son was in there uh, in the warehouse yesterday, helping, you know, helping do stuff. So right now we're, three generations deep on the, on the business. And um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a long journey, but it's, it's always been a family owned and operated business. I think, like you said, I mean, that's, there's a lot of family owned businesses, but you know, this one is also operated by the family. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. It's uh, I guess it seems kind of a little bit rare these days, you know, to find that. And it's, it's really cool to come across that. And it seems like too, like your mom and your dad, they're not doing it just because they feel like they have to. I'm guessing that's something that they're just still really passionate about it and they just want to keep doing it. Is that like, is that correct? Yeah. I mean, like there's no reason my dad needed to come in today to help pack up go treads. It's (laughs) just, you know, he, he loves doing it and he just got back from a, a trade show in, uh, Kentucky that he was at um, over the weekend. So he's, he's always had a passion for not only the product, but just, you know, the people you, you come across and interact with. And, you know, he's a, he's definitely a people person and he always, he always sees the product, not as, Oh, here's something I can sell someone and get money from this. Like, here's something that I can truly help someone with. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's great to have a product like that. And, you know, the, the original inventor still is so passionate about it and, you know, shaking hands and meeting people and showing them what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. So why did uh, GoTreads get developed and invented in the first place? And, uh, you know, I mean, we know what they're used for now, but like, how did he come up with the idea and why? 
Well, it was back in the mid seventies. My dad and mom lived North of Chicago uh, and just off this major highway. And then whenever it snowed, the snow plows would come plow the highway and then leave this big mound of snow in front of their driveway. And my dad would get stuck time and time again, trying to get over that little bank of snow so he could get to work. Yeah. So he was just, he's like, there's gotta be a better way. You know, he did the classic, you know, pull out your floor mat, so those under your tires and <laughs> yeah. the sand and all the different tricks to get out. Um, but he's like, there's gotta be a better way to get traction when you need it just quickly without having to, you know, get out a shovel and dig big holes. So he had actually, um, it came to him in a dream one night. He had, he was really sick and he, he had like the, you know, those weird fever dreams you have, or you don't yeah. know what's not. So yeah. he was really sick and he remembered getting up and drawing something. And he came down, was talking to my mom. I was like, yeah, I came with this really cool idea. I dreamt that I, I drew it and put it on the nightstand. He's like, maybe I actually did. So he went upstairs and there was a piece of paper with this, the drawing of the original go treads on wow. it. Um, so that that's where they were born and then um he knew some engineers that he you know he kind of showed them idea see what they thought it's like yeah i think i think that'd really work and then he you know got some some of the original ones basically hand machined out of plastic and tested them and modified and tested them so um we still have some of those original prototypes i think my dad has them up at his house um so yeah that's basically how it started it was just you know, my dad had a full-time job. He was an electrical engineer and this was kind of a side thing, you know, but that was 1975 when he originally invented them. And then 1991 is when we officially incorporated and started production. So that span of time was spent, you know, developing the product, testing the product. Again, it was a side gig. It wasn't something that was a, the main focus of what my dad was doing. But, you know, over those years, that's when he was able to secure patents. He was really able to refine the design. It it really didn't change too much between 75 and 91. Like the original concept was pretty solid. Okay. Um, But 91 is when we were able to, uh, with the help of investors who a lot of it was just extended family, like his his brothers and sisters, his parents, um, a lot of, again, family investing in, in this crazy idea my dad had you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. 91s when we incorporated is when we were able to get the first set of molds made. So when we started producing, um, go treads. And now if you go on our website, there's a, there's another product called moto treads, which is actually our original molds from 1991 are what make the moto treads now, which is a, it's okay. the general concept. It's just a, a smaller. Okay. Um, so we, we made, we made go treads all through the uh, all through the '90s, early 2000s. Uh, it was a, a lot of retail then, uh, you know, big box stores, and it w- it was enough to really push my dad away from ever wanting to do retail again because there's just a whole host of headaches <laughs> when you work. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, and like with the uh, so with the original design, and when he started testing them and everything, how did that go from? like thinking that this could be something that he could actually sell, you know, cause obviously he was doing it for himself to try to get out of the snow, the snow banks, you know, that were building up. 
But then when did he start kind of having the idea of like, hey, I've got something here. Maybe we can help other people, too, because like you kind of mentioned earlier, it's not about him just wanting to make money and make a product. But he designed something that helped himself. And I'm sure somewhere along the way he was like, hey, this could really help other people because I'm sure other people are dealing with the same thing. So how can we take this and run with it and and make a product that people can actually use? Well, I, I think a lot of it was just, you know, reaffirmation from people who would see the prototypes and see the drawings like, oh, you should totally make that because there's so many people, especially up in Chicago, like everyone gets stuck at some point because there's just so much snow. So there was a lot of demand for it just within the the community he was in and people that saw it. His biggest and biggest driver for it, though, is um, he's always wanted to run some sort of facility to help, you know, underprivileged kids, um, inner city kids learn like good skills, like, you know, how to farm or, you know, how to do construction, that type of stuff. So um, going back a little bit, he saw GoTreads as a way to fund that idea. So he could make a product, sell this product, and then the funding that that, that business brought in could help develop this uh, this center to help people just help themselves is really what the concept was. Yeah. So it's, it kind of evolved. That was the biggest driver for him um, was just being able to, how do I make enough money so that I can create this thing that I can't do on my own because it's too expensive to, to set something up like that. And I'm not going to yeah. work in a day job. So that's, that's really was his biggest driver with GoTreads. Um, and then, like I said, just people saying, yeah, this is a great product. I would totally use it. And then all the people who did, tested the prototypes, like, hey, you have to make this because I want to buy it. Yeah. So when did he actually start making something? Because you came at, you became incorporated in 91, but was he selling products before that? He wasn't. We had prototypes. So a lot of like family members and stuff would be, a, be able to use the prototypes and stuff. But he was pretty pretty hush hush about it because he wanted to make sure it was patented and everything was in order for that. So it took, it took several years to get the patents through. It's not like now, like you can hop on legal zoom and get a patent, <laughs> you know, you get yeah. patent in, in the afternoon. So it was a little bit different back in, you know, it was really mid to late eighties is really when the we were seriously saying, all right, we got to get a business set up. We got to raise money. We got to make molds. We got to get a patent. Um, so that was really probably like, I would say 85 to 85 to 91 is where we're, my dad was really focused on that. This has to be a business um, and making sure that he was setting up correctly. Cause he, he didn't want it just to be a business that was a, a flash in the pan. He wanted to make sure this is a business. I want to be able to hand down to my kids and grandkids and be a, a generational business. So there was a lot of, lot of legwork up front to make sure that was set up so that it would be sustained like that. Yeah, and that's really good to want to do it right, you know, before you really start getting into selling a product and making sure you've got the patent and the business model set up and everything. So when when y'all incorporated in ninety one and you started selling go treads, how did the sales go at first? And was, did y'all kind of have an expectation because everybody was telling you, oh, you need to make this product this is going to be great. Did y'all kind of have an expectation that a lot of people were going to buy them or was it like, oh, well, let's just go ahead and start making them and just see how it goes. 
Um, there was an expectation for success. I mean, I think everyone has that when they start a business. It's like, oh yeah, this is going to work. Um, and early on, when we when we first made the molds, my dad went on. I don't even know if it's around anymore. QVC, which was like a television show, you can <laughs> call it in and buy stuff. Yeah. So he, uh, when we initially made the product, um, I'm not even sure how it worked out, but basically he ended up going on QVC again, our entire, entire focus back then was just general consumer retail people who get stuck in their driveways, same situation that he faced. Uh, so he went on QVC, I believe it was three times. Um, and each time they sold out in a record amount of time. So we had a wow. lot of momentum, uh, back it was a straight out of the gate. Um, and then we were working with AAA. We had a couple of big box stores that we were working with. I don't know if I should be saying brands or not, but <laughs> I'll just say big box. So we we went into went into the, the retail market um, back in early, early 90s. And then we had we had another company in Japan who bought a bunch of products and basically rebranded it for themselves. So back then you could you could buy Go Treads. Our name was still on it, but you could put your own logo on as well. Um, okay. Also in Australia, uh, we had a pretty big market in Australia too. In Australia, they they made them in this really funky green color. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I guess it kind of took off more than y'all kind of anticipated, then, huh? Yeah, it, it was, but it was not like instant instant success, millions of dollars rolling in, dad quit his job, anything like that. My dad still maintained, you know, he worked a, a, an eight to five job. Um, he was an electrical engineer, plant engineer. At the time when this all started happening and GoTrudge was always something that, you know, is always that, that one day business, one day it's going to be huge. One day it's going to fulfill all these dreams that we have. Um, and, you know, honestly, it took, it took another, 26 years before it really got to that point where wow. it, you felt like, yes, this is where the business needs to be. Um, you know, this, I would say early nineties to late nineties, we did okay. It was still just a side business. I mean, it was, again, it wasn't enough where my dad quit his job and, you know, we were all on private jets and yachts or anything like that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. but it's, it's it, you know, it, it's, during that time, it's a lot different than running a business now. I made, um, I was in, what was it? Probably seventh grade, six, six or seventh grade um, is when I made the first GoTreads website, which wow. I think it was, I think it was, um, man, I'm dating myself here. So <laughs> basically the internet was still in its infancy and, you know, it, it's when everyone got the AOL CDs in the mail. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, I've been the, I've been the webmaster of the website since the very first one. And I got, I got the files for it somewhere. It's embarrassing how bad it was. Um, <laughs> so, you know, junior high, high school, I was, you know, working on the website side of it. We didn't, you know, e-commerce wasn't really a, big thing back then you could buy stuff it was more like you can look stuff up and then you know you call them and give them your credit card and you buy stuff so yeah we were kind of ahead of where you know now anyone can set up an e-commerce store and it's just it's really simple to do so um 
we were kind of ahead of ourselves in, in what we really wanted to do. We we're kind of waiting for the internet to kind of catch up to the point. It's like, all right, now we can do direct to consumer, which is, you know, in the early nineties, late eighties, direct to consumer was extremely difficult to do unless you're in, you know, catalogs or something. You know, it was just, yeah. it was just, it was completely different. So it's being in business for 31 years, you, you see, you see a lot of things come and go. Um, but 2008 is when the go trade you see today were kind of reinvented. So in 2008 is when my kind of leading up to that few years before that, my dad's like, we need to go um, after fleet market and military. It's like, he's like, I am so done with retail. Retail is just a headache. It's always <laughs> just an uphill battle. Yeah. But we need to target larger vehicles, you know, big military uh military vehicles, semis, uh, delivery trucks, that type of thing. So that's where the version you see today came from. It was basically the same concepts we knew that worked. We scaled things up so they'd be beefier and have more grip. And we made them wider and longer and um, same material, same basic design. Um, it allowed my dad to get new patents uh, for the for the changes. So, and that, that's the version that you see today is is basically the 2008 version. Okay. And then how did y'all go about doing testing for the larger vehicles? And was there some, for, for people that you were trying to, I guess, use as test subjects for the, you know, for the go treads with the larger vehicles and the larger design, was there some skepticism of like, man, this thing's going to break? Oh, I think there's always skepticism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, now more than ever, but uh, so it was basically the same approach they took with the smaller one. It was, hey, you know, making molds for something that big, you're well in the six figures to just have a mold make to make two at a time. So wow. it's not something that you just go and do and hope it works. So he 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 went back to school because he was like he wanted to get better at AutoCAD. So he, you know, I remember him going back to, there was a little uh, class you could take at a school next to where we lived. And he went back to school and like really, really learned AutoCAD. He used it kind of casually at his job. He's like, I got really got to figure this out. So um, he went back, learned AutoCAD, started drawing and, you know, experimenting in AutoCAD because doing things digitally is a lot uh a lot easier to iterate than, you know, drawing on paper and yeah, all the, the way he did it originally. So he kind of reinvented himself to reinvent go treads. That's awesome. Um, so anyway, came up with the idea of scaling up what we knew worked and it's like, how can we make it better? How can we make it work for large military was his main focus. And then once he got the drawings made, it was the same type of thing. He had a, a local machinist, make parts out of the material we knew we'd want to use basically rather than injection molding it you buy a block and then you get you put it on a cnc machine and you cut the parts out okay and it's pretty it's pretty difficult to machine because the way the grooves are formed there's like a you have to kind of cut underneath so it's not yeah. the easiest thing to machine it's pretty expensive to make prototype parts and they're curved so, too right the treads there, there's curved and a lot of machinists, you give them that and like, Hey, <laughs> um, so anyway, we, we made several prototypes out of the same material, uh, but machined rather than injection molded. And then, you know, it just started taking them around to places and testing them. 
So yeah. at, at the time he was working at a, at a facility where they would back these big grain trucks. No, yeah. Grain trucks and delivery trucks would back up. And whenever it snowed, this was in Hutchinson, Kansas, um, whenever it snowed, especially in the loading dock, there was a slight incline and the, the semis could never get enough momentum to get out of the loading dock. So they'd have to get a big tractor and a chain and pull them out. So that was one of the first places he, he tested the new go treads is he's, he's, you know, these are really, really expensive prototypes. He's like, <laughs> so, so he, he, he's not, he's not throwing them under every single vehicle. He's like, but I know this is a situation that tons of drivers face because I talked to these drivers like, yeah, it doesn't take a lot when you're in a big semi, it doesn't take a lot of incline to your wheels to spin. Yeah. So he was able to test that new prototype. He threw it under one of the trucks that got stuck and the guy drove out like he was on dry concrete. Oh, and that's that, awesome. The, the truck drivers, you know, basically there's like, I want these right now. And, you know, but like, these are prototypes, like, <laughs> all right, well, it's $2,000. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, just lots of testing it, you know, and then through the business, he through the company he was working for, he had just had tons of con contact with contractors and truck drivers and, you know, people who run garbage companies and utility companies and all these people that had the large trucks like the military would have, you know, big diameter, big, heavy tires. So he's just started giving them, he would loan our set of prototype out to one guy. He's like, go test these out. And the guy would give, give him feedback. Like, yeah, they work great. Uh, we used them on our utility trucks and got out of the mud. And they would take him and he gave them to the local fire department. Said, yeah, we used them on our brush trucks and got out of the sand. Um, and he knew they worked in snow because he was able to test that. Um, yeah. So once he had enough information, confident enough, you know, it was like, all right, well, let's go for it and let's get some molds made. Uh, and in 2008 is when we were able to get those molds made and start production of, of the larger go treads. Yeah, these things work. Let's go for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's no, that's awesome. So, where did the name Go Treads come from? And were there like other names that y'all were kind of thinking of? I mean, you know, Go Treads totally makes sense, but how did y'all come up with the name for it for for the product? That was all my dad. Um, you know, he just I I that's just the name he came up with. I mean, it wasn't like, it's not like he went to a creative agency and, you know, worked really hard on coming up with, Oh, what are we going to call these? Or what's the brand name? What's the logo? Uh, you, like the typical path you would take today. It was like that back then it was basically all my dad's is my dad's like, I think they should be called go treads. And um, here's an acronym that they could work for. And he, he even drew the logo up too. I mean, he, we have the sketches of his original logo that he did. Uh, this is we're, we have our, our office space. Now we're getting ready to set up kind of like this a little wall of history. And we have this original GoTreads logo sketch that he made. It's very, very similar to um, if you go to our website in the top left corner, it's like a little, the, the G and the O, there's a little tread underneath it. That's essentially yeah. his original logo design from the seventies. Yeah. I'm, I'm on the website right now because I, I, kind of was trying to picture the logo in my head and I like the little snowflake there. That's really cool. And then you see if you got the tire, it's sitting on top of the tread. That's uh, uh, it's all very clever because it all fits together. And it just basically, I mean, just the logo is like this. If you don't know what this product is, then, you know, <laughs> you know, you can see it right there. It's really cool. I like yeah. that. 
You mentioned the acronym. So what does the acronym TREADS stand for? So the, the, the acronym of GoTreads is, uh, well, you have the word go, which is pretty obvious. Yeah. <laughs> go. And then TREADS it stands for uh, tough, reliable, effective, affordable, dependable, and simple to use. So there you go. We may have forced that simple to use a little bit there at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, they are. I mean, it makes yeah. sense. That's good. Um, and so I guess like how did, so how, when did y'all start? It was in 2008 when you came up with the new mold and everything for the larger patent. How did the sales start going with the, the larger product and, and to the market and the target audience that he was looking for? 2008 was a lot different than 1991 because we initially, 1991, Hawaii did general consumer, retail, big box stores, and it worked. It was okay. I mean, it wasn't huge. Yeah. 2008, after just going through the ringer with retail, it was a completely different idea. The idea was, all right, we need to get these in the hands of the military. We had a few contacts in the military that were able to, to testify, say, yeah, these are good. But you have to have a manufactured product before you can't just go to the military and say, Hey, we got this idea and they're not going to give you a contract. <laughs> yeah. So you, you kind of have to roll the dice a little bit and say, all right, well, we're going to, you know, plop down six figures, get a mold made, make the product and then go to the military with it. So it was a completely different approach than what we did in the early nineties. So it take, it took us a long time, but, but we were able to get what they call an NSN number, which basically means, it's it's a number the military uses and you know guys are in the military going to know, know more about this than I than I do because that was something that I stayed out of that part of the business just because that was my dad's thing so basically yeah. the, the NS number NSN number that we have allows anyone to, in the military to purchase go treads now and it's considered a consumable item so there's not a lot of red tape it's like you know, buy new tires for a Humvee. I mean, it's, yeah. it's pretty simple to get within the military. Now, again, it was an instant success. Um, we could definitely be doing more military sales than, than we are. But again, my dad's intention was, hey, this could really help out people in the military. If you, you know, if you're under fire and you're spinning out in sand, this is something that's really quick to deploy that could get you, you know, get you to safety. And that was yeah. always his thing with the, with his, his angle in the military was never how much government money can we get? It's always been, Hey, I've seen how quickly people are able to get vehicles unstuck and get moving again. And I think that's incredibly important for um, military personnel. Yeah. Uh, Cause we, one thing that, you know, we sold a lot to uh, in Hutchinson, Kansas, where, where my dad currently lives, we have the sand Hills and, you know, it gets windy here in Kansas. <laughs> it's and when you mix wind with dry grass you got wildfires that move at an incredible rate of speed yeah so the the local fire department there were where um, my dad lives he was friends with the fire chief and they had um, all their brush trucks had go treads in them um there were some of our nice. very first we just gave them sets and it's like we we think you can use these give us feedback so he knew that go treads in the sand saved several of their trucks. They were able to get their trucks out of the way of a, you know, an approaching fire. So he wanted to provide that same ability to get moving at that quick of a, you know, quick of a rate 
to the military as well. Yeah, it's just like it's kind of like a um, a safety feature or safety accessory to uh, get the vehicles moving, you know, when they need to be the most. Yeah, and that's the thing with go treads too. I mean, it was always designed, you know, uh, I forgot what they call them, the big military. Uh, I forgot what they're called, but there's just big metal grates that the military uses. They used to, like in World War II, they used to use them for the runways on yeah. beaches and stuff like Mardson mats or something like that. Um, Anyway, so when you have those big metal traction boards, like we've seen on, you know, Dakar races and that type of thing, they're, they're difficult to deploy and they're not certainly not quick to deploy because they're big, heavy, they're bolted on where go treads is something that it, it folds up, it articulates with the ground and the way that first parts design is it will auto feed itself as well. So as long as you can get, the go treads wedge under the tire enough where there's vehicle weight on it and gets very, some very slow acceleration. It's going to suck that first panel underneath. So you're not out there spending 10 minutes trying to just dig a hole big enough to get a big metal board underneath your vehicle. Um, and you know, in the military, you don't want to be sitting around any longer than you have. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So with, with the business building and the different changes that you've gone through, like you had, you're talking about retail and your father wanted to get out of retail and everything. What kind of challenges, I guess, are some of the hardest challenges that y'all faced along the way with the business? You know, I, I think the when you've been in business that long and it's never really hit the point where you really, really wanted it to be after, you know, decades, essentially. Um, there's, there's a, sometimes where you just want to kind of throw in the towel, but you know, you have a good product, you know, it's people love it. Everyone who uses it absolutely loves it, but you're a small company and it's really hard to get the word out sometimes because it's not like you have a million dollar ad budget that you can just throw out there and, you know, now everyone knows about your product. Yeah. Um, So with the direct to consumer, it's getting your message out there is was probably all probably our biggest challenge. And uh, we were fortunate we have really good word of mouth. So when people used GoTreads back, in, you know, in the 2008 era, they would tell other other people about it. And at the time, we were able to. That's when we could actually sell directly through our website, Go website or GoTreads. So, you know, the vast majority of our sales at the time were direct to consumer website sales. And then we would we had fleet customers too. Um, you know, there's a, there's a garbage truck company up in Iowa, for instance, and they, every year they just buy new go treads for all their trucks. Cause you oh, know, they, nice. they use them, they use them, they wear them out the next year, they buy a whole new batch of them because it's, it's a lot cheaper than tow trucks or, you know, having another <laughs> guy come out and haul you out. So yeah, uh, if we've had, we've had some really good fleet customers all over the country who have, you know, kind of been with us since we, been able to market the larger fleet version. So, and, you know, this all sounds, I'm sure people listening to this are like, oh, what is, you know, what are big semi trucks and stuff have to do with Subarus? <laughs> so, yeah. uh, and, and that's, you know, I, I think that's interesting. That was kind of accidental, really. Um, I, I got into adventure motorcycle riding back oh, 10 years ago now. Uh, and, I'm a solo rider. I, uh, I just, I just never really found anyone around here that was 
interested in taking a big heavy bike into places you probably shouldn't take a big heavy bike. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I was, I, I would ride around and I, you know, I hate loose sand. It's on, on two wheels. I'm just not good at riding it. It's if you stop, you're stuck essentially. So I started, I started taking the big go treads that we have right now. I took a couple panels off them. So it was short. It was basically, you know, a little two foot segment. Yeah. And I kept that on the back of my bike and I was like, all right, if I ever get stuck in the sand, I'll throw that underneath. And it works great. It's huge. It gives just a good surface area. And I was able to a few times where I get in the really, really loose sand, I was able to get out. And then, then I started getting stuck intentionally because I'm like, oh, I wonder if, this, I wonder if <laughs> other people with, you know, big adventure bikes would be interested in something like this. So um, that was Overland Expo West. Oh, it was probably six or seven years ago. It was the last time they were out at um, Mormon Lake. So anyway, I, I told my dad, it's like, I heard about this show. It's called Overland Expo. I think I can market a short go treads as a moto tread because I hear all these adventure bike guys are out there. Yeah. And I said, it might work for like the off-road guys. I don't know. My dad's like, oh, those off-road guys don't need it. They all have winches. They don't ever get stuck. You know, <laughs> and, that, and I was never, you know, I was never really an off, off-road four-wheel drive type person. I was like, it sounded good to me. It's like, yeah, they must just not get stuck because I see their trucks around and they got huge mud tires and winches. They probably just can drive through anything. So, I mean, a little bit naive there, (laughs) I found out very quickly. (laughs) So anyway, we go to Overland Expo and I, we have these things. That's when we branded the Moto Chaz room. We're, we're in the author's tent, kind of away from everybody. A few people walking by and these people started coming by and it's like, Oh, those are pretty cool. Can you use them as vehicle levelers? And we're like, well, I mean, they're rated for, you know, 20 tons. I don't see why you couldn't. And then we started talking about their functionality for traction. You know, I'm here thinking, Oh, it's going to be all these adventure bike guys, same situation as me stuck in sand. They're going to, they're going to love these things. So we had taken all these short go treads with us thinking (laughs) it's going to be much. And then, more and more people started coming by because they, they saw we had some laying out and the guy's like, Oh, those look great. How do they work? So we, we had to completely shift our focus. We stopped talking about motorcycles and we started quickly assembling them back to full, <laughs> full length. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, and it was a new world for us just because we weren't, we weren't part of that overland and off-road community. And um, it was my wife and I, and our two little kids at the time, and man, we just absolutely fell in love with the people. Yeah. It's like, you know, I'm sure many of our, many of your listeners have been to an Overland Expo or that yeah. type of show. Yep. And it's just the, the community and how incredible everyone is and how supportive they are. And, you know, everyone's, ex- everyone's just excited about everything that they're doing. Like people just, they're just bubbling over with excitement about all this cool stuff. And, that's when my wife and I decided like, we have to be a part of this community. And we, we, we are extremely fortunate to have a product that meshes so well with that community. So we, we absolutely love Overland, um, Subarus, Jeeps, Toyotas, anyone who's going out there and exploring and just going for it. That's the people that we're like, yeah, 
that's our crowd. So we've been to every single Overland West and every single Overland oh, East and now Mountain West and now they're adding another in Portland. So for us, that's our vacation. Cause when you're, when you run a business, you're always running a business. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, yeah, I was talking to uh, Paul and he was saying, and this was months ago when I was talking to him and he was talking about, you know, all the um, expos that y'all were going to. And he was like, I think he even sent me in a message at one point. He was like, hey, are we going to see you at one of them? And unfortunately, I haven't been able to make it out to any of them. I'd like to, but it's, uh, but yeah, I mean, I know that I've just, I, I've seen go treads in so many places now. And it's really cool how you stumbled upon the Overland community by accident, thinking that you're going to talk, you know, about motorcycles and motorcycle people. And, uh, you know, it's, it's always, they always talk about how things happen by accident that way. And then, you know, I know there's a lot of people that end up going with go treads and they love the product. It's smaller, it's easier to carry around. And, you know, it's not just for yourself either, because I'd mentioned earlier, Chris, who goes by Shadow Roo, he has a set with him. And uh, at the time that I was talking to him about him, when I saw him in Colorado, he said he had never had to use his, thankfully, but he'd use them to help other people get out of situations. So just having them with him, he was able to help other people who had gotten stuck. And so even just that, having a set with you, either for yourself um, and then not needing them, but then you can help other people is really cool. Yeah. I, and I think, I mean, we hear so many stories like that too. It's like, yeah, I, I keep them in my, you know, my daily driver because they fit. Um, and you know, the, last winter when, you know, Texas got hit by all that. Oh yeah. Weather, I mean, so many of our, te- of our Texas customers were, and most of these people we see at the shows and it comes like, Hey, this is what, this is what happened. And like this, this one guy, I think he got like, it was over 20 cars. He got unstuck with go. Wow. He was, they just kept getting stuck because people didn't know how to drive in the snow. So he just kept helping people out, helping people out. And yeah, that's the kind of stuff that my dad gets so excited about that. Cause that's always what he's been about is like, it's helping people. And it, and you know, seeing his product all over the world, helping people get unstuck is what he gets excited about. So, um, in the, I, I think that's what, another reason we really like going to shows is just, we, we hear all these stories directly from people and they, you know, they, the first few shows, people are like, what are these? How come I've never seen them? Can I use them <laughs> as vehicle levelers? I mean, those were the, those were the questions. <laughs> um, but now it's when we go to the, the expos, it's, you know, all day long as people coming by, it's like, Hey, I use these in this situation. They were awesome. Or, uh, you know, I don't haven't used it myself, but I helped, you know, I, I helped my neighbor get out of the ditch. So that, the, and that's, the, that's the stuff that we really like about the Overland community, especially is, um, you know, people who drive off-road have a better understanding of, oh yeah. At some point in your life, if you're driving, you're going to lose traction somewhere. And if you have tools with you where it, you can address that situation, I um, mean, you know, we always say nature favors are prepared. So, you know, and just being prepared. And the cool thing about go treads is they can go from vehicle to vehicle. So, yeah, maybe you don't yeah. have a Ram 3500 with a, you know, half million dollar camper on the back. <laughs> uh, you know, you can you can put them in you can put them in a Subaru. I mean, and they'll fit or, if you know, I, I have a set. I have a Mini Cooper that I, I drive and I keep I keep a set in the Mini Cooper for winter. Um, 
you know, again, it's just, I've used my go treads more to help other people than I have myself. Cause I growing up with go treads, like I kind of, I know, all right, my wheel's starting to slip. So rather than burying it to the frame, it, growing up with go treads, like to me, start getting wheel slip, just put go treads under it and drive out. So there's a, yeah, it's, I've never really, there's been a few times where I've intentionally buried a vehicle to the point where <laughs> I probably should have used go treads sooner rather than later. But, um, but I, I think that a lot of people get in that situation too, where like, I'll just give it more gas and I'll get out of this. And then like yeah. three minutes later, you realize you're sitting on your frame. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really cool that your dad's still so involved, you know, because then that really says a lot about him and his passion. And I'm sure that when people meet him and they see him at trade shows, they're like, man, this guy is like, he loves this product and he loves being able to help people, you know? So that's really cool that, that he still does that. Yeah. And I, I don't think we're, ever going to get him to stop as much as we try to get him to retire. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you mentioned the vehicle leveling, like how does, how do people use that and why were they asking about vehicle leveling? Because when I saw it on the website and it talked about, you know, leveling out your vehicle, I was, I was thinking like, why and where would you need that situation? Yeah. So vehicle levelers is something that we never really knew was a, a something someone needed um and they started thinking back like oh i guess so like uh, if you go to like rv parks and stuff they see those little orange lego blocks underneath their tires and you know oval and expo that first one we went to is really my first exposure to rooftop tents you know it's like people yeah. sleep on top of their land rovers and like <laughs> you know again you know it's it just wasn't something that i was personally into so that's that's um this one family they uh they had a defender 110 and they had a rooftop tent and it was a parent and their two kids and are traveling around the world they pulled their kids out of school and like we're going to just travel around the world which again my wife and i are like that's just totally awesome yeah um but anyway they were they were i think they were one of the one of the very first people to say these are awesome for traction but can we fold them up and level our defenders so that when we sleep in our tent at night the blood doesn't run to our head um okay so that that's the main purpose of vehicle leveling, whether it's a rooftop tent, you know, I know some people sleep in their vehicles, uh, you know, adventure vans were huge in the adventure van market. People just love having something that's dual purpose. Cause you got limited space, go treads, you know, they can help you sleep better at night cause they level you out. And if you ever get stuck, you got a traction device as well. Yeah. So that was really, that's really what opened up that whole market for us. Yeah. And speaking of the market, like what is the, I guess, sales to like personal, smaller vehicle consumers compared to like commercial vehicles? Um, yeah, I'm not really sure what the percentage would be. So my role in the business is to market the product. And when you have a limited budget, you can't just market to everybody. Like you just don't run a Super Bowl ad and market to everybody. <laughs> yeah. So when uh, when my wife and I fell in love with just the Overland market, um, that's what we wanted to do. I was working a full time job then. I was a, a creative director at a marketing firm, and being around people in that 
Overland market is like, we have to find a way to hang out with people like this rather than our typical rat race day job. So kind of a long route I'm taking here, but anyway. No, no, it's good. My focus has always, since that first Overland Expo, my focus has always been, how do we get the message out to that market? How do we how do we grow our business from working with a very a very narrow group of people? One, because I really like that group of people, and two, because we have limited budget, we can't do everything. Yeah. So my thinking was if we work with this group of people, in the overland, you're gonna have people from all walks of life. You're gonna have a guy who's a firefighter who's uses go treads in his Jeep and then you know tells the fire chief about it and they buy it. You're going to have someone who drives a Subaru, but is also a FedEx driver. You're going to have, um, and we've seen this a lot. You're going to have someone that, you know, they drive a Tacoma, but they're also a Navy SEAL. So kind of the way we market the fleet is by marketing to people who use the product. And rather than us putting an ad in a big fleet magazine, say, Hey, buy this product. Cause it's awesome. You got, you know, six of your drivers saying buy this product because we use it um, in our own vehicles and they work great. And that's, we've seen good success in that because it's not us telling people these are work great. It's people that are actually legitimately using these in real world situations Yeah, and, and are able to tell others about it. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. And then, so what other kind of, I mean, now with, uh, when you started getting into Instagram, did Instagram start helping with sales because you have so many people now who will use your product and then post about it, you know, plus you have your own Instagram presence. How has Instagram helped you with the business and, and with sales and getting the word out there and getting people to know more about what it is? Well, that, I mean, that's another story. And, um, Paul, <laughs> Uh, Paul Hugh mentioned earlier, just a really, really good friend of mine. Um, he's part of the business now. He's, you know, he works full time for us. He heard about this contest that um, Harmon Brothers, which is a, a big marketing firm who does viral uh, YouTube ads like uh, Squatty Potty. Um, oh, Pukuri, yeah. Like they're pretty <laughs> famous for these kind of tongue in cheek type ads. And they were running this contest. This was the beginning of the pandemic a couple of years ago. And they were looking for companies that were willing to rather than dial back is to really push marketing when everything was just haywire. So they, they were running this contest and uh, basically they wanted businesses to go through their Harmon Bars university and, you know, do some of their ads. And they, there was all these different, um, you'd win one round and the next round and the next round. Well, we kept, we kept getting into the next round and the next round and the next round. And all of a sudden we're in the finals. Oh, nice. We were like, this is amazing. And we end up winning this, this Harmon brothers contest and awesome people like the, everyone at Harmon brothers, just, they're just so much fun to be around. Just hilarious people, super smart. They need, I mean, they know, they know Instagram, Facebook, you know, how to make stuff that's entertaining. And that's what, yeah. that's what really drew us is like, we don't want just, you know, like your typical local car dealership or furniture stores, like sale, sale, sale. We've never really <laughs> wanted to take that approach because that's not who we are as a business where yeah. Harmon Bar is like, 
just make people laugh. If you just, if you just make people laugh, if they like your product, great, they'll buy it. If they don't, who cares? You made them laugh. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's really what drew us to working so closely with them. And then winning that really propelled our, propelled our business back in the general consumer market. Cause that's what Harmon Brothers about is. It's like, just throw out a broad net. Um, so anyway, that's when I, a lot of people mention our, our fire truck ad where you have this old vintage fire truck that they got stuck in the sand, you know, and we get the comments like, was that truck really stuck or why is a fire truck in the sand? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was, it was legitimately stuck. Paul um, was on that shoot and they ended up having to put like this giant piece of wood in front of it. And it kept crushing it because it just had so much torque. It would just drive over it. Oh, wow. So it took them, I think it, I took them over an hour to actually get that truck stuck. Um, <laughs> so anyway, if you ever see the fire truck ad, that's what Harmon brothers did for us as the you know, winning this contest. Basically what they did is like, we will do an entire, what they call a sprint campaign for you. No charge. Um, nice. And it, it radically changed our business because we were able to get the message out there to a much, much larger group of people than we were able to do. Um, a little bit at a time like we like we were so yeah that's super cool man that's an awesome story and uh i mean it's it's cool that they did that for you at no cost too and i mean did y'all start did you see the sales like start to rise because of that and maybe a different type of audience yeah so with Harmon brothers i you know i mean they're geniuses they they've taken they've taken brands to multi multi-million dollar brands. Um, like I said, poopery, purple mattress. <laughs> I mean, they, and you've, if you've seen their ads, I'm sure anyone listening to this has seen a Harmon Brothers ad at some point. Yeah. You know, like they're all over YouTube. Um, so yeah, they, they br- bringing in their expertise, we were able to drive just tremendous amount of sales. Like we had, Oh, I think it was like 2000% growth because of Harmon Brothers. Wow. Uh, so we owe a lot of our visibility to the talent of that team and everything they were able to do. Like we we are eternally grateful for what they were able to do for us. And we're looking forward to working with them more as we, you know, as we get in position to do even some more of that general consumer type stuff, uh, just because we love working with them. Uh, they're just hilarious, generous group of people. Um, you know, and if, if anyone listening to this has a business and needs help propelling it, I can absolutely recommend Harmon Brothers. They, they know what they're doing. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. That's really cool. Yeah. Cause I've seen some of those ads before. So is it available like on YouTube for y'all's little ad? Uh, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if we have that actually posted on our YouTube channel, that's a good point. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's where we were able to drive quite a bit of uh, our social presence on Instagram and Facebook, because the majority of that, of that ad was focused on Facebook and Instagram. Cause it's just, uh, it gives you a good way to get a lot of different variations of the ad out there. Like, I yeah. Think we have, like, 30 different cuts of the thing and you just throw it out there and you see what wow. people like and what they don't. Cause you, you know, again, you're just trying to, you're, you're trying to find the message that speaks to the largest number of people. Um, so that's, and I, I remember the, the first shows we went to after that ad rent, 
ran, it was just, everyone was like, oh, you're the fire truck company. <laughs> everyone <laughs> yeah. remembers the fire truck and everyone asked, was it actually stuck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so did, just speaking of your products and everything. So I have um, patrons that help support the podcast. And this one guy asked, um, are there new products that we should keep on our eye out or is the primary focus for the foreseeable future, just the go treads we know and love? So for the foreseeable future, it's the go treads that we've that has now over three decades of track record of working. Um, so there, there are different things that we're, we're coming up with our latest thing that we came out with, uh, I guess was end of middle of last summer is what we call our quick connect kit. Yeah, I saw that. The thinking of go treads is always that they're modular. So if something gets damaged or, you know, you spin a wheel out, you're not replacing the entire thing. It's just these little sections. It also allows us to have different lengths of go treads. So we have what we call our standard go tread, which is three of the full size panel. We say it's, it's three feet of traction, three inches of leveling. And then we have the XL go treads, which is essentially what we were marketing to the military, but the overland and off-road market wanted a longer version. So our XL is four of the large panels. So it's over four feet of traction. Okay. And those are, those are our two main products. Now for the Subaru market, you really straddle either one of those will work just because you, you typically run smaller diameter tires. Yeah. Um, the, the nice thing about the standards is they take up two extra, two less inches than the XL. Okay. But, yeah. Um, the cool thing about the quick connect is say you buy a pair of standards. All right. Well, you have two, three foot go treads with the quick connect. You can put those go treads together end to end. And now you got a six foot traction board. So yeah. maybe you drop a front tire into the ditch or something. And, you know, I've been in a situation before I can't actually get up out of the ditch, but if you got a six foot traction board, you put in front of that tire. Well, now you got a six foot run up that you, you can run on. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. The, the quick connect it, it's, it's our standard. It's the standard hinge. It's already in go treads, but we, the pins are made so that rather than using any kind of tools to take the pins out, which you typically have to do if you're doing like panel replacement or repair or something, you got to knock a pin out with a hammer. It's not really something you want to do in the, in the field unless it's a real emergency, but the, <laughs> yeah. quick, the quick connect is a pin that has, we call it a shepherd's hook on it. So you can easily slide it in and out by hand. You don't have to use any tools. Um, so we, we had a lot of people who will buy two sets of standards. So basically they have four, three foot go treads or two, six foot go treads with the quick connects. Yeah. It translate the same to XL. So if you bought two pairs of XL, you would have four, four foot traction boards or two, eight foot traction boards. Um, and, you know, we, we've had people, it's like, what on earth would you use an eight foot traction board for? And then you talk to someone that's been in the sand dunes, like I would absolutely <laughs> use an eight foot traction board because the first three feet are just, I mean, the, the sand liquefies and that first three feet is just sliding underneath your tire. And, it, um, and you know, if you have a three foot board, well then by there the time you're, you get any momentum, you're, you're already off of it. So, <laughs> yeah. So the quick connect is, is a, a product that we came up with just to make things more versatile. Again, it just comes from feedback. It's just people saying, Hey, these are awesome. Can we, can we tie them together? I'm like, well, yeah, we'll, we'll figure out how. Um, and then, you know, we, because they are modular, it, it affords us a lot of opportunity to do new things. So um, the starter panels, we call it, which is the front of the go tread, the, the pointy part that's smooth on one end. Yeah. 
on some of the cheaper consumer tires, the the tire compound is so hard that it's hard for it to grip the surface of the go tread. So uh, more more in the general consumer market, we can we see tire spin where that first panel isn't grabbing as well as we think it should. But because they're modular, we're working with some different material, um, some different resins, some, some different tread patterns. So if you have the you know general consumer tire, you can replace that first panel, and you'll get uh, you'll get a better response for the tire, or the harder tire will be able to grab it. And you know we've been experimenting with mud. I mean, mud is your worst enemy because it, it comes in so many different viscosities. I mean, it could be like a clay or it could be like snot. It really depends how much water is in it and go treads or any traction board for that matter. There's so many variables with mud. It's difficult to say when something's going to work and when something's not. But one thing I've personally run into is if I'm in mud, my, the, my tires get impacted like the really sticky clay yeah. where you basically you're on racing slicks at that point. And it's really hard to get anything to really bite into a tire that's uh, impacted with mud. So we've been experimenting with some different tread designs on that starter panel. So as long as you can get that go tread underneath your tire, if something can grab on that starter panel and get sucked underneath your tire, you'll have enough momentum at that point that the next three or four panels, depending on the, the version you have, will do the work that they need to do. Um, so that those are the types of things that, that we're working on. Uh, again, it just comes from feedback and just seeing what works and what doesn't. I mean, go treads are a tool. They, they, uh, they don't work hundred percent of the time. I mean, it's just, I mean, that's, that's just the way, that's the way it is, you know? And yeah. I think that's, it's our job to really communicate how to best use the product and be able to provide options. So if you're in this situation, this is what we recommend. Or if you're in this situation, this is what we'd recommend. Um, and kind of temper expectations is like, there's nothing that's going to work a hundred percent of the time in every situation. And I think that anyone who off-roads, and I think that's another thing with the off-road and overland market, anyone who off-roads understands that concept where your general consumer, you know, minivan driver oh i put it there it didn't work you know but well did you actually try to use it you know i think that, i think that's that's one reason it's it's nice working with the overland communities because they has a little bit of different thought process on you know how to properly use tools yeah and a little bit better understanding of it too and so with so because the treads are curved a little bit is there a direction that you should use them or are they set up? Cause I can't remember. I haven't looked at my set in a while, but there's just that one little panel that's um, at the front of one end. Correct. Yeah. So go okay. treads are, des go are designed. So the, the arch pattern pattern goes different directions. So your, your tires gripping one way, your grounds gripping the other. Now gotcha. on the, on, we call it the pointy end. <laughs> the pointy end is where that little short panel is, and it's the the starter panel, and that's smooth on the bottom, and and it's got grooves on the top. So you take that smooth part and keep that against the ground because you want that first section to slide. You want your tire to grab the top of it and kind of suck it underneath your your wheel. So that's as we say, like it. We want them simple to use. So trying to dig a great big hole and get like a rigid board or something underneath the way your vehicle where your vehicle is already on top of it 
um, go towards our design. So as long as there's enough weight on that first little part, the tire is going to grip the top of it and the bottom's going to slide against the ground and basically auto feed underneath your tire. And then it's the, it's the next three or four panels, depending on whether you're standard XL that do all the actual gripping of both the ground and the tire. Okay. Yeah. And I, like I said, mine, mine are in the back and I don't get into situations enough because I live in Houston and, uh, and I don't get to get out as often. Um, but I would like to try to use them at some point just to kind of see how they work. Yeah, definitely. And that's something we recommend too. Like if, if you're going out, um, it, it never hurts to test things out before you actually need them. You know, it's, it's good to have an understanding of how something works before you're in a situation where, all right, these have to work, but I've never used them before. Um, so, and I know that's not possible for everybody. We're not, our expectation isn't everyone to go spend, you know, <laughs> six hours of their afternoon testing go treads. I mean, it, yeah. but we try to keep them simple enough that if you can get that, that starter panel far enough under your tire, you need some vehicle weight on it so that when your tire starts rolling, there's, there's weight on it. Otherwise you're just going to spin out. So and again, it, it really depends on the situation. Sometimes you'll put them under your tire, everything will work perfectly, you'll just drive out. Um, and that's what we hope for in every situation. Other times something might reposition and you feel, and you know, that maybe the go tread backs out a little bit and it's spinning. You might have to reposition a few times. So there, it, depending on the situation, there might be time where you're repositioning a couple times here and there to really get it to bite. Um, and like I said, there's some situations where go treads won't work. And, and, you know, I think a lot of people probably wouldn't say, Oh, my product doesn't work. Cause it's not a very good sales pitch. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But like we've always tried to be as upfront and honest with people as we can. And I will flat out say there are situations where go treads absolutely will not work. And one of them is really, really wet mud where it's essentially water, you know, and that situation is something where, you know, a rigid board is going to do better because it's offering you more of a flotation. I think of a, taking a canoe and flipping it upside down and driving across the top of it. That's where an, a rigid board is going to have an advantage is because it's able to be a solid board, kind of float on top of that really soupy stuff where you're kind of getting up and out. Where go treads, because they articulate, they're just kind of, kind of, you know, go into the mush and then you're just going to be digging them out. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. Yeah, because you don't want to be in that situation and be like, well, they didn't work. They didn't do what they're supposed to do. Well, it was really the situation, not that the product is not a good product or didn't work properly. So that's a really good point. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So when did you, you've talked about, um, you know, like your dad was working a full-time job and then doing go treads on the side. And then you've talked about working a full-time job. When were y'all each able to do go treads full-time well for my dad it was oh it hasn't been super long it was probably i think about seven years now six or seven years and it wasn't because i'm going to do go treads full-time he's just like oh the company i work for is closing its doors oh wow <laughs> um, so and my dad had worked for them i think it was over 20 years he'd worked for them. Um, but it was just, you know, the typical corporate buyout, nothing's going to change. And then three months later, like, Oh, yeah. we're closing this place. Um, so, and it was good. I mean, my dad had a good run there and I think it, it kind of forced him. It was like, all right, now you can give go treads your, 
complete undivided attention. So that, um, yeah, he started doing that. I was still working a full-time job all the way up to basically the pandemic. Um, I was still working. I mean, I was doing go treads on the side, helping my dad as much as I could, uh, marketing web stuff, anything I could, you know, cause it's, it's your family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then I lost my job, uh, about six months into the pandemic. So I, ever since then, I was like, all right, well, guess what, dad, I'm working full-time for go treads now. So hopefully we can figure out how to get some salary from that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But that that all aligned with like like you know, we talked about Harmon Brothers that, that everything kind of fell into place where the the Harmon Brothers came in at the perfect time where we could have made it work but with Harmon Brothers coming in uh, it, it it fundamentally changed the way we were able to operate as a business to a point where I could comfortably leave my job and my wife and I worked at the same place. So we basically both lost our job at the same time. Wow. Um, so we were both able to transition over to go treads full time, which is an easy transition because it actually made things easier because it, 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 we were able to commit more time to something. We already knew how to do it. We've been doing it for decades. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that, so I'd say, you know, was it two years now? It seems yeah, about about two years now. We've been um, okay. working a little over two years, working yeah. full time. My wife, my wife and I. So uh, we say it's a family business. Um, my wife, uh, she was a computer programmer, developer. So she's, uh, you know, she's helped me with the website since we got married back in two thousand or nineteen ninety nine. So uh, my wife and I have been part of this business for you know as long as she's been my wife she's been helping with go trends too and now she basically runs our entire warehouse and logistics and inventory and all the all the fun stuff you have to figure out to make sure you can actually <laughs> ship products you're selling on your website which has been hugely important to us like we oh yeah we want to make sure if we're selling a product that we're delivering um we're delivering on expectations so that's one thing that we really focus on and we we redid all of our packaging uh about a year ago it was like we just aren't happy with the way our products presented. So we redid all of our packaging. We wanted a better presentation with that. We've really refined our internal um, inventory control. So we make sure that if it's on our website and you check out, it's going to ship, you know, if you order it before three that day, it's going to ship that day. Um, and oh, we, that's awesome. we try to make sure that customers feel like, yeah, these people care about it. Cause we do we like, we, like, um, Another thing we do, people leave little order notes like, "Hey, this is a this is a birthday gift from my son." So we will like print out a birthday card, and you're like, "This is from your mom," and we'll, and we'll throw it in the box. You know, that's the kind of stuff that we never want to get away from. That we never want to be that that big corporate entity that's just churning money, and you know, customers are just numbers in their spreadsheets. That's never what it was. Never the intention that my dad had. It's something that. Um, my wife and I share that same vision. It's like, it's like, no, these are like, when you're taping up a box, this is going to someone that's, you know, putting their hard earned money towards and their trust in you and your products. So we want to make sure it's like, make sure that they're getting the best that we can offer them. And it's also while we offered a lifetime warranty too. I think I mentioned that earlier. It's like, yeah, go trudge aren't indestructible. We try to make them as indestructible as possible without making them, you know, so overpriced that no one could even afford them. 
Um, but there, there's situations where, where you might have a panel that breaks it shouldn't. Uh, we, we really, really try to make product that won't break. But there's, you know, there's scenarios and talented drivers who've done stuff we've never seen done before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so all we say is like, hey, like, send us a picture of what broke. Kind of give us an explanation of how it happened. Not because we're going to, you know, try to blame you and not take care of us. It helps us better understand. All right. Is that a situation that other people are going to face? And there's a way that we can improve our product to, you know, make it work better. Uh, you know, after three decades, though, you, you've seen a lot of stuff. And so you, you've made a lot of adjustments to what your your product is and, you know, how it works. And we've experimented with so many different materials. Like it's the same mold, but we've tried several different types of materials. We put um, more of this additive in and less of this additive just on feedback that we're getting and just really trying to dial a, a product in so it always performs as best as it can. So how long have you been using whatever the formula is that, that we're using today? How long have y'all been using that for the mold or for the product itself? So that's another kind of pandemic driven. <laughs> um, so the, the material that we were using, uh, we were with, we were with what's one material for about four years and it was just, it was performing super, super well for us. Um, but then all of a sudden, that material was no longer available, just supply chain shortages and stuff. Yeah. So we had, we had to quickly adjust. We actually found a material that worked a little bit better because um, we, when we tested it, it actually worked a little bit better than the material we used it before. Like, great, we've made an improvement. Um, kind of forced upon us, but we were happy with it. Um, and then we found, we felt, even though it was strong, we was, it, it just didn't feel right to us. Like the rigidity of it, like we need a little bit more flex in this. So still a great, a great material. Um, everyone's been happy with it, but we decided like, we got to figure out how to make this even better. So we actually ended up moving our manufacturing. Uh, we were manufacturing about an hour from where our warehouse is. We actually moved our manufacturing here to Wichita, um, Kansas. This is where we do all our distribution and warehousing. We moved to another facility here about 20 minutes from where our office is. Nice. Um, the company we were working with, there was just, it was like corporate buyout situation and things were just going in a direction where like, it's probably best for us to find someone that's more aligned with our values and what we want to do than to continue on with this company just because it's convenient. Um, so anyway, we made some more changes um, beginning of this year. So we've moved manufacturing and this company is just absolutely brilliant with um, resins and materials and stuff. So they gave us some good suggestions like, oh, if we did this and this, we can move your black Gotrez to a completely recycled material, which is something we've always been looking to do. Oh, that's cool. We want to be able to offer a product that, you know, is responsible and you know black is the color you get because you can't really make the other colors out of recycled material because recycled material is all the colors and when you mix all the colors you get black yeah <laughs> yeah um so the black currently right now is about 70 percent recycled material uh so what we do is we're, we'll run a smaller batch of it uh, just to make sure because on paper and chemistry wise the performance should outperform what we were currently doing, but we always say, all right, we'll just run a small batch 
get out there, test them under actual vehicles, make sure it's good to go um, before we pull the trigger and run a large production run. So our black go trudge right now is about 70% recycle material. And then later this um, spring, probably early summer, we're going to move to 100% recycled material if our tests work out and it, we've, we find we never want to go weaker than what we were. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So we're constant, we're constantly raising the bar to the point. There's a point where you can't raise it anymore without, you know, significantly increasing your price or making the product so rigid that it doesn't work the way it's intended to work. Cause they, yeah. they, they're intended to have flex to them. They're, we don't want a rigid board. If they flex, they bend rather than snap. Um, yeah, I know of course. There's some, you know, there's other brands out there that put like glass resin and stuff in their material. Um, but the, the risk of doing something like that is there's no warning when something's going to break. It just goes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, so when did you get to the point to where you started needing a warehouse or did that come about like pretty early on because you started manufacturing and, and shipping out? So that was actually, um, we've been in our distribution facility here uh, for just over a year now. So uh, my wife and I live in Wichita. My parents live about an hour away. And then our manufacturer is about, uh, our previous manufacturer is about a half hour from my parents lived. Now our previous manufacturer would do all the warehousing for us. They would basically, they did the injection molding, they did the assembly, they boxed it and they warehoused it. And then my parents basically put a bunch of shipping containers in their backyard <laughs> and they would move product from the warehouse as needed into those shipping containers. And my parents were shipping this stuff out. Wow. It was, it was working okay until the Harmon brothers thing hit. And then, <laughs> you know, and then like we, like my wife and I like told my parents, you cannot be working, you know, 18 hours a day trying to pack up orders. It's insane. Yeah. Um, so that's when we decided, all right, We'll get a facility here in Wichita. Tam and I, because we were, um, what's the term we used? You weren't fired. You were, you were freed up to pursue other ventures. <laughs> so yeah. we, were, we were freed up to pursue other ventures. So we said, all right, we will commit to working full-time for GoTreads. We will move our shipping facility here to Wichita. Uh, we'll start doing a little bit more warehousing because we had just too much product to, to warehouse here. Um, our, our manufacturer was able to, basically they gave us free warehousing. So we took advantage of it. Um, so anyway, we've been here in Wichita now about a year and, you know, we're getting to the point now where we're starting to stack shipping containers up behind our warehouse. <laughs> so we, we need yeah. more space. So. Yeah. But I mean, that's good that y'all are close and that y'all are able to commit to it full time because then you're able to really continue to give you know, certain packages, that personal touch that, you know, like you, like the birthday card or something or a little note, you know, so that's really good. Yeah. And we like it too, because, um, it gives us good quality control. So, uh, and we're not perfect. I mean, there's going to be times we miss something or ship the wrong color. Or don't include the bag. We, it's very rare. We kind of pride ourselves on being as accurate as possible, but you know, some days you didn't have enough Taco Bell and you are <laughs> a little foggy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, like uh, it just gives us that we kind of have eyes on everything. So, you know, when our previous manufacturer would 
pack stuff for us and the box was taped closed, we were kind of trusting them that they were following all of our quality control procedures. Yeah. And they were pretty good. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to knock them, but there was situations where we just knew it wasn't the level of service that we wanted to offer as a company. Yeah. So moving here um, has really allowed us to make sure that we see everything. We get a final check and make sure that people are getting um, the value of product that, that we, we want to offer them. Yeah. And then um, with, um, Oh yeah. So with, as far as purchasing and selling y'all obviously do it on your website, but do y'all also do it at trade shows and are there any other avenues that you sell through now? I mean, are there any distributors or anything that you sell through? Is it strictly through GoTreads website or trade shows or wherever you take them with you? Well, I, I, we, we know we talked about avoiding retail like crazy. It was just something we're, we're still pretty much doing. We've had um, this last show my dad was at one of the largest big box companies in the U S approached is like, we want your product in our store. And I was like, well, I was in your store in the nineties. I don't want to be in your store anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I, the, most of it is direct on our website. Uh, we also sell on Amazon because I, you know, we, we only sell the standard size on Amazon and Amazon's just a way for people that, you know, like we talked about earlier, there's a lot of skepticism Yeah, where Amazon yeah. kind of gives you that safety net. It's like, if I don't like this, I can send it back and Amazon doesn't even charge me. So we, we maintain, um, we sell the black and orange standards on Amazon. We don't sell them as a bundle or anything. Um, so like, that's like, I, I told you earlier, my dad was in the warehouse today helping up. We were packing up stuff to ship to Amazon. And then we have a, a couple of independent uh, representatives who work with you know various fleets. We have a distributor in Australia. Um, A247 is who we work with down there. Um, Mark, great guy. We've been working with him now probably about four years. And then we have a distributor up in Canada um, called Strike Force 67. They're, they're um, uh, Kevin handles our our Canadian market for us. So those are our two big distributors. It's just it's easier for someone within a country to kind of handle distribution. Uh, yeah. And then we, we kind of back out of it with our advertising and stuff to make sure that they're able to, um, you know, it, it's their business up there. We make the product, but it's their business. Yeah. And we're, we're looking to expand into Europe, hopefully this year, uh, just because we just, we just have an increased demand for international shipments and shipping, you know, 15 pounds of GoTreads XL is not a cheap endeavor for. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I, like we were sending, um, we were sending some to Guatemala and I think it was, it was almost $200 in shipping. And it's like, that's like, it's over the price of the product. Um, and, and we try to find the like, we try, we try as hard as we can to find the cheapest op- option possible for people. It's like, I don't know what to tell you is 200 bucks. I mean, we check DHL, UPS, FedEx, uh, USPS this is what it is. Yeah. Um, so as we continue to grow I and mean, the demand is there for international markets, but we, we want to, again, we're trying to set up a business that's sustainable. So we won't move into into a market just for the money grab or the land grab. And it's like, Oh, we, we'll, we'll make a killing in Germany. It's like, well, if we set it up, we want to make sure that we set up something that's going to last um, and can continue to 
maintain the level of quality that, that we're trying to set here in the U.S. And we've, we've been able to do that with Canada and Australia already. Um, and like I said, Europe would be our, our next big focus. And then after that, um, South America is where uh, we, we, set, we, we sell quite a bit to South America, kind of onesies, twosies. Um, a, a lot of our international customers will go through Amazon because Amazon can work their mojo and get stuff internationally <laughs> cheaper than we can. Yeah. They ship a few more packages than we do though. So they probably <laughs> negotiate better rates. <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool. That's good. Um, do you have like any examples of like feedback from customers, like really positive feedback that people have given you? Oh man. Endless. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, and you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that in a bragging way at all. I'm saying that in that's what keeps us going. It's hearing how much this, this product has helped people in just countless situations. Um, you know, one of my favorite ones is, um, you know, those big global expedition trucks are big. Uh, they take those big international trucks and put a huge cab on the back of them. I think they're like yeah. 26,000 pounds, ridiculously huge things. So one of our customers, we met him out at Overland Expo East a few years ago. Um, he wanted to know, can I level my truck with these? Because everything I buy, like at the RV shops, I just crush it. I just drive up and I crush it. <laughs> so we ended up building them a set of, a, we didn't have GoTreads XL at the time. So we built, we built them a set and he went and parked on them and it was kind of muddy. It was at, um, it was at the Biltmore States and it was this marshy ground. So he drove up on them and it, it, it worked fine, but then the, the whole thing sank. Yeah. So, all right. So we ended up building, I think it was a, it was a six panel go tread for him. So it was a six foot long go tread so that he would just assume the first two inches of that when using his leveling would just go into the ground just due to the weight of his vehicle. <laughs> wow. um, but anyway, this setting that up, meeting that guy over on Expo East. And then it was two years later, he came to us with his go treads that he'd been using for years, just completely just chewed up. Like it, it looked like he just ran them through a chipper shredder. Like they were just, <laughs> they were still together, but they were just like, and he's like, I just want to come show you these because I parked on top of these for two months straight in the Arctic circle. He took his global expedition truck up to the Arctic circle. He says, wow. For two months straight, I parked on top of these. He ended up, one of the panels did eventually break because it would just, it was just so gnarled up that it was a lot of material. So like, like, can we keep those in our trailer? I'll give you a new set, but you know, um, so we actually have one of the panels from that set in our trade show trailer that I show people like, look, this, this, this little panel here spent, you know, months up in the Arctic circle under a global expedition truck. Um, yeah, that's really I, cool. That one just, you know, that's just, as we're more and more in those markets, just seeing those stories from end to end, like this random guy with a giant truck that you met out at the Biltmore state two years later, comes back and shows you these. Yeah. Um, and just, I always love the stories of people that, um, you know, one of our, one of our customers, I think his handles blueberry. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, using go treads to help a giant crane that was on this rural back road that kept sliding off in the mud. And you know, I, think, I think, I think we figured out that crane was 70,000 pounds is what it ended up being. Wow. So basically, you know, 
here's a little, a, a Subaru driver that had these go treads in the back of his Subaru runs across this industrial crane that was somewhere they probably shouldn't have been stuck in the mud. And he was able to help this enormous vehicle get out of the mud. Um, That's so, awesome. You know, just, just stories like that. And, and like I said, there's just endless, endless stories of people with like crazy situations. Like we got another guy, he's, um, he's a hot air balloon pilot. And he uses, you know, he uses go treads to get his vehicle out to his hot air balloon. It's like, all right, well, well, maybe we'll do an an ad targeting hot air balloon pilots. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that's cool. I mean, because, yeah, I'm I'm sure you're coming across situations that you never would have expected people to be using them or in places. And it's like, wow, these things are like coming in handy all over the place with all kinds of cool situations. Yeah. And it. And, and I, we love that people share these stories with us um, and coming up with new ways to use them. Like we had, um, I forgot, I think they're somewhere out on the East coast. It's a tow truck company. They bought them. So they have a winch on one of their trucks for like pulling vehicles out of ditches and stuff. The problem they had was that the truck would slide. So yeah. now rather than using go trudge as a traditional traction device, they lay them out, park the truck on them. So when they're pulling a vehicle out, the truck doesn't slide anymore because it's sitting up on this grippy platform. Nice. That's something we, we never thought of. That's like, oh, that that's pretty genius. So, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, usually tow truck companies don't like us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool. Um, well, I didn't have any other questions. Uh, I think we covered a lot. Was there anything that you wanted to share that maybe we didn't talk about that you might think people would want to be would want to know? Yeah. Um, but we, I mean, we love the Subaru community. Like I have not met a Subaru driver yet at a show that I didn't like, you know? Yeah. And, and I say that in all honesty, like the Subaru drivers are a different breed and we are, I mean, <laughs> and you guys are awesome. You've always been supportive of our company, um, of our product. you you're always talking to each other. I mean, the, the, the Subaru community is such a tight knit group. Um, you know, I've actually looked at Subarus just because like, I want to be part of the cool, cool kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it, yeah, it's a pretty amazing community. So, I mean, so, and that, you know, I, I said, this is the first podcast I've, I've ever done just because I'm just not, I just, I don't know. I've just never been something that I've been super comfortable I don't know. I don't, I like the, I don't like the sound of my own voice. I don't like being put on the spot, that kind of stuff. So Paul just kept pushing me and pushing me and pushing me. And he's like, well, you need to be part of this one. Cause it's a Subaru podcast. I'm like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of funny because I do this podcast. I've been doing it for over a year and I have to listen to my voice week after week after week. And my whole life growing up, I never liked the sound of my voice. So do a podcast. That's a good idea. <laughs> But I mean, I get a lot of people that compliment me on my voice. So I'm like, okay, if they like it, then that's fine. You know, and I'm getting used to it, having to listen to it every day. Well, the the first time I listened to your podcast, my immediate thought was like, this guy's got a really good podcast voice. Thank you. So, Thank you. Because you know, some of the podcasts you listen to, listen to are like, I, I just can't listen to this. It's too grating. So, and that <laughs> might be what some people think when they hear my voice on this podcast. We'll just have to see. But <laughs> no, I, I, you know, I mean, you've got a great voice for it. But yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, um, 
you know, being, being part of the Subaru community in some small way, we really, really like, we love hearing the stories that people have. Um, Paul, who we mentioned earlier is kind of my, my right hand man in, in this business. Um, we have just a passion for storytelling and that's what our goal is. Even though we wear the marketing hats and our, you know, our intention is like, well, to run a business, you have to sell product. This is the way business works. Yeah. Our, 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 our real passion long-term is like, if you just tell really good stories about people, you know, facing the challenges of life, they're going to listen to what you have to say. And whether they buy your product or not, I mean, kind of the Harmon Brothers approach, whether they buy your product or not, if you, if you shared something that has helped someone in some way or entertained them or made them laugh, then we've done our job. If they buy your product, great. If they don't, you've, you've given them some content that, you know, enriched them in some way. And that's, that's one thing that we've always strive for in the marketing part of our business. And, you know, you talk to a traditional marketing firm and they just kind of roll your, roll their eyes at you. It's like, well, that's ridiculous. You need to look at your, your ROI and your, your return on ad spend. And you need to look at this number and your conversion rate. Like, yeah, those numbers are important because again, it is a business, but that's not what our focus is. Um, we make sure that our business is profitable so we can stay in business. But our ultimate goal is to be able to work with, you know, people like you and, you know, these hundreds and hundreds of people we meet throughout the year at shows and be able to share really cool stories of people going out and kind of overcoming challenges and, you know, just going for it. Um, you know, I think the last couple of years, especially people have drastically changed their lives. And I think hearing yeah. about other people have like, Hey, I've done the same thing and here's what worked for me. Here's what didn't. Um, and again, going back to the Subaru community, I think there's, there's so much sharing in that Subaru community of, you know, it's just, they're not sharing to get something out or they're sharing because like, Hey, I'm excited about this. I hope it helps you too. And that's, that's one thing we, we really, really like because it, it aligns so much with the way we like to operate too. It's not about how much crap can you sell? It's about, well, how do you bring a community together? How do you, you know, just share stories and help each other out and, you know, have a lot of fun together. I think that's, that's important. Just if you're not having fun, what's the point? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause yeah, you obviously, you have to sell a product, but it's the way that you sell it. It's how you sell it. So, um, telling stories, making people laugh, that's really important, you know, because who doesn't like to laugh, you know, but yeah, as far as the Subaru community, we share everything. We we're very, very supportive of one another because we get excited when somebody's doing a new, a new mod or going someplace, you know, new or fun or cool. And, and that's, what's really great about this is it's, I, I, one of the last questions I ask people whenever I have somebody like a Subaru owner on is like, what is your favorite thing about owning your car, whichever it is, whichever model it is. And they say the community. So I, I, cause I used to have a separate question where it was like, what's your favorite thing about your car? And I still do it. And then like, what's your favorite thing about the community? But a lot of times the question of what's your favorite thing about the community gets answered because of the car. So, you know, it's like you buy this car and then it's like you're buying into this community. And a lot of people don't know about it when they buy their car. They find out about the community, which is what happened to me. So, yeah. and it's just, it's great. It's, it's such a really cool thing to be a part of. Well, it, it's awesome. And I mean, thanks for having us on the podcast. And, you know, I, 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 hopefully people get something out of it. Uh, you know, it's. I did. We, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. 
So at least you're entertained because you have to listen to it again several times to get it edited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's the fun part because then I, I get to go back and actually listen and not like focus on questions I'm having to ask and, you know, really listening intent, intently to what you're saying because then that brings up other questions and stuff. But no, editing is actually, I enjoy it because then I get to really go through and listen and, and then remember like, oh yeah, I forgot we talked about that part. So it's fun for me, but... Yeah, thank you for doing it. Um, I know I've been I've been talking to Paul for a while, so thank you for coming on. And you know, it was really it was really a pre- pleasure having you on and hearing about the business and hearing that it's a family business. And and uh, oh yeah, another question I wanted to ask is like, so how many like people or employees are part of GoTreads now? Well, yeah, going back to family business. <laughs> yeah. Um. So there are. Uh, I can count pretty quick. Um, so my dad, president, owner, my mom is the, I guess, chief finance law officer. We all wear many hats. So there's two, yeah. um, my wife and I, so there's four and my sister who, if you ever do customer support type stuff, she's been helping out quite a bit with customer support. Okay. Um, and she'll come in on the weekends if we're kind of behind on getting stuff, uh, getting product built. Um, so that's five. And then Paul is our, you know, our, our right-hand man. He, Paul lives out in, out in Utah. The rest of us are here in Kansas. Um, but I mean, it, it's, that, that's really the, the core of the business there. And then we have, um, a lot of contract help that helps us. Um, so people that I've worked with before marketing, how can I help with the marketing stuff? Because, uh, we always say we can do anything, but we can't do everything. So yeah, yeah. You, tr- you try to bring people in to, uh, you know, give you a backup. So you can't, you can't focus on every aspect of the business all the time, you know, as much as, you know, I, there's business owners and self-employed people out there who know what it's like to never be able to shut off because you're just 24 seven, got to keep the business going. So, yeah. Um, so with six of us, that's definitely is a challenge, but Hey, our manufacturer does all of our, you know, all of our main assembly and stuff. So it's not like we're running injection molding machines and driving. <laughs> like, so we're not doing everything from end to end, but yeah. know, we, we definitely, we're a, a small company and we like it that way because we're able to give people attention, right? You're not just, like I said, you're not just the number in our spreadsheets. It's, it's and there's probably people listening to this podcast that have met Paul or I or my dad or my sister at some show somewhere. And that's, that's why we really, really like this business is because we have that, that face-to-face contact with people. And we look forward to, I mean, we love seeing people at these shows and hearing stories and saying, Oh, I, you know, I bought these few years ago and I'm back, you know? And um, so, yeah, six of us in the, in the business full-time. And then we got some contractors, you know, Paul, um, Paul's son, who's in college, he, he, you know, he, he's got a passion for storytelling as well. And we're kind of, a kind of behind the scenes, some stuff that we're doing is we're looking a lot at virtual production type stuff using Unreal Engine. Like this is totally not traction related at all, but yeah. um, I'm a huge geek, like just ultimate nerd. I've been in, you know, 3d animation, for you know as long as i remember ever since ever since it was a thing and my computer was strong enough to halfway run one <laughs> yeah um, so we see you know virtual production and storytelling using uh re- real-time ray tracing all these kind of geeky tech stuff 
we don't see it as like, look how cool this tech is. It's like, look how much opportunity to have as it's kind of democratized storytelling. Like anyone can be a great storyteller now. You don't have to have, you know, a hundred million dollar Hollywood budget to produce a film from end to end. You can go into Unreal Engine 5 and create film. Um, you can start a podcast. You, you know, there's there's so much opportunity now for really great storytelling. That's that's the kind of stuff we love exploring when we have time. You know, it's it, yeah, you're also trying to run a business, so you can't yeah. just you can't go spend you know, six week in the woods, writing a script for a feature film. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, but anyway, that, you know, uh, Paul's son is, you know, he's huge into that. So uh, we've all been working together, just trying to figure out how do we, how do we take things to the next level in storytelling and sharing what other people have to say and really just putting fun stuff out there. That's just uh, entertaining and, and, and uplifting. So kind of on the, kind of behind the scenes that's the, that's the type of stuff we look into yeah that's good it's good well thanks again and uh really appreciate you coming on and it was great talking to you and getting to learn more about the business and about the family and how it's all run and the product and just kind of history of it and where it came from and where it's gone to yeah and thank you i mean absolute pl- pleasure it was great talking to you and um hopefully we can meet in person someday and get yourself out to one of those expos yeah i would love that So, all right. Well, hope you have a good night. All right. You too. Okay. All right. There you have it. Go Treads. Aaron, you did a great job for not having done a podcast before and kind of being resistant. Uh, It turned out really well. And thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and talking about your dad's story and the journey of Go Treads. I really, really appreciate it. And um, if y'all aren't following them on Instagram already, go ahead and check out GoTreads and get yourself a set. They uh, can really help out and you heard all about their capabilities. So um, yeah, they will do you some good in a tough situation. So thanks again, Aaron. I hope everybody has a great week. We will see you on the news segment this Wednesday and next Monday with another great episode. Talk to you later.